You're listening to Wait Your Scout with Anna Skipworth. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode. Uh, This week I had the pleasure of interviewing Phoebe Smith, who is a UK scout adventurer, uh, described on her website as adventurer, presenter, broadcaster, author, editor, photographer, speaker, filmmaker, and extreme sleeper. And that's just a few of the things we actually spoke about. I mean, this woman is... uh, I'm going to put her in the category of like Wonder Woman level because I was exhausted just reading that sentence out, let alone doing any of it. So speaking to Phoebe about her adventures, how she got into them and why she's a scout adventurer as well, because, you know, there's not many of them. There's only a short list. Uh, If you aren't in the UK and don't know what a scout adventurer is, um, they are, um, well, a select few adventurers that the scouts have gone, hey, come and be a scout ambassador kind of thing and show off how amazing the adventures you can have in scouting are so phoebe is one of those um i actually met her when she was doing a talk on behalf of scouts at a um dv event and yeah she was generally just amazingly inspiring and so it's a conversation we have and it's really great just hearing everything so i hope you enjoy thank you so much for joining us on the podcast oh i'm happy to be here thanks for getting in touch <laughs> Um, so we connected after um, you actually presented at a Duke of Edinburgh Gold Award presentation. Um, but that's not all you do. You have such an incredible sort of bio line on your website. Uh, it's always like, as long as, well, that's like, hey, it's incredible. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> do you want to try and maybe summarise what you what you do? Um, yeah, that's very difficult. Like you say, I often, if someone gives me an intro and lists everything, I, I often stop and go, wow, yeah, that, that's a lot of stuff. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I suppose I, I sort of divide what I do into two things. So I sort of call it my day job is a travel writer, which is the thing where I, you know, go to far flung places overseas and write articles or um, file reports for the radio, um, talking about kind of the wilder side of places people might not have heard of, um, talking about wildlife conservation initiatives or cultural initiatives that are going on to protect um, certain groups of minority people. Um, So I'm all about trying to find the hidden stories in destinations I go to. And then I sort of say my nighttime job is to be uh, an extreme sleeping adventurer. So this is camping in very um, remote or very extreme temperature climates or sometimes dangling off cliffs on portal edges. Um, And that sort of started with me doing a wild camp and then uh, by myself sort of about 12 years ago and then since then just pushing it more and more and more and along the way that gave me so much confidence that I was encouraged to share that because I wanted other people to get that same sense of confidence from going and pushing their comfort zone and so I wrote books and I ended up doing talks and um, and and yeah just connecting to people and showing them that hey you know if I can do these things you can do them too. That's amazing. And yeah, extreme sleeping is not something I'd ever considered before. And now I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could sleep off this cliff after like hearing your stories because it's just insane. <laughs> and yeah. Um, what's some of the like strangest places you've slept? Um, so so when I started doing this, um, like I said, the, for me, an extreme sleep was wild camping by myself somewhere. So just taking a tent or a bivy bag and heading out on my own. And my friends and family thought that was pretty extreme. I thought that was pretty extreme because I didn't know if I could do it. Um, 
but then of course once you do that several times you you build your confidence and you know you can do it so you want to push it so then I started to seek out caves um I wanted to find the cave where um a Welsh man called O'Anglindur he was supposed to escape from the English sort of way back and uh, because he claimed he was the true Prince of Wales. So I wanted to find that cave. Uh, I wanted to find, um, you know, the highest mountain and sleep on top of that to experience that. I wanted to winter camp. Um, and then it progressed from there. And I ended up meeting some friends um, who had started something called the Big Canopy Camp Out, which was to raise money for the World Land Trust, which obviously is protecting forests and environments that are um, at risk and therefore protecting the people and the wildlife that live within them and they managed to get permission for us to sleep in the Eden project in Cornwall but not just camp within this pretend rainforest but actually dangle from the roof uh, in portal edges which are the hanging tents uh, which climbers you may have seen use when they're doing massive routes that take multiple days and um, so I spent my night there they were teaching me how to get in and out this portal ledge which involves wearing a body harness and harnessing up and I just had such an amazing time doing it and we became really good friends and started to want to do more of that sort of thing and then I did a uh, a project at Christmas a couple of years ago called um, Sleep the Three Peaks where okay. I took a tent and uh, decided to give up Christmas to raise money for a uh, young people's homeless charity called Centrepoint by sleeping on top of the three peaks and uh and after I did that, and it was such a success, I, I hoped to raise sort of 500 pounds when I started, I ended up raising over 8,000. Um, so so they, they sort of, we'd kept in touch and I said, look, I'd love to do something else, but much more extreme. So we came up with this plan to sleep off, dangling, suspended off 10 UK landmarks on consecutive nights in the summer. Uh, and so in the summer we did that and we started on sea cliffs up in Scotland then we moved to something called the Bunnet Stain, which is like a, a massive kind of mushroom-like rock, which um, spent the night dangling off, uh, dangled off a football stadium in Sunderland, um, over Gaping Gill Cave, off a skyscraper in London, off a theatre in Bradford, um, and, and ended with a skyscraper, like I said, in London, the Centre Point Tower, and then the last thing was the Spinnaker Tower in Portsmouth. Oh, wow. So between that sort of 10 night escapade, they were some pretty wild nights. And especially because the weather can be sunny, which actually surprisingly was, but also windy, which you can imagine if you're suspended, <laughs> tangling in a tent, that can make you feel a little bit like you're in a dishwasher or a, a washing machine. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say with the extreme sleeping, how much sleep do you actually get? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question because <laughs> the answer is not that much. So because it takes so long to rig, a portal edge because you it's basically it, it's one of those structures that if you see it and you see a picture of of me or someone in a portal edge it looks quite dangerous because it looks like this little tent just suspended on a, on a piece of string but of course the reality is it's on two different ropes the portal edge both hooked up separately and each of those ropes has three different anchor points and then you are also attached to something by two different ropes. So you've got yours and then the safety. So it's four industrial strength ropes that right. is holding you up there, um, which is great for safety. Like there's no way you're going anywhere because four industrial strength ropes would have to fail yeah. <laughs> to make you fall. But the problem is you have to fall asleep wearing your full body harness. You can't, if like me, I'm normally someone who sleeps on my side or on my tummy, that is not going to happen. You have to sleep in your back and pretty much remain still. Um, and because it takes so long, what we found was by the time everything was set up and safe and we 
climbed into our respective quarter ledges, it was probably about two or three in the morning. And then because we had to get onto the next uh, place, we probably then would have to get up around seven in the morning. So it was very little sleep. But I can tell you, as soon as we got in those quarter ledges, it was like lights out. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite an extreme nap, but uh... yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, so with scouting, you're a uh, scout adventurer. Um, what made you go? Yes, I I want to do that because it's a bit of an obscure one, and they're quite, I say, fairly new. They've been around for a couple of years. But what made you like take on that role? Yeah, so my whole, the whole reason why I got into doing what I'm doing with with the camping and the outdoor stuff was because growing up, I didn't really feel like there was a role model that I could look up to um you know being someone from the north being a girl you know being someone who didn't come from that background where it was expected that you would do adventurous things yeah. um you were just always told you it wasn't for you it wasn't you gonna who was gonna do it and uh, the only thing I remember was when I was in school there was a climber called Alison Hargreaves and I remember she seemed really cool because she was climbing you know the highest mountains in the world but sadly, she died when she was after she'd summited uh, a peak called K2. And the, the media at the time, I was only in primary school, so I was very young. But I really clearly remember the media went crazy about how bad it was that this woman had gone and done this and left her children. Even though, of course, all the male mountaineers were doing exactly the same thing. Um, so there wasn't really any role models. And, and so when I, when I got older and started doing this, I thought the best way to make other people realize that it's not actually that hard to go off and have these adventures, to go off and wild camp in a night and feel, you know, that you've kind of pushed your comfort zone and you come back confident and you've had a great time. Uh, and I, I just wanted to tell everyone that anyone can do this. You know, it's, it's, there's very much an image or there certainly was very much an image in adventure in the outdoors that said you have to be a really tough man maybe ex-military you know with a certain background and I just thought if I could show people that I wasn't any of those things and yet I was still capable of doing it more people could go do it and feel good about themselves and sort of get inspired so of course when uh, scouts approached me and asked if I would be a scout adventurer I thought it was such a great way to connect with a lot of young people who are already on that journey starting to because scouts is great for for you know getting people outdoors teaching them skills for life teaching them ways that they can you know have the confidence to go and do these adventures so it just seemed like a great way to show more people uh, that they can do this and and funnily enough when I was a kid I remember my brother who was older than me joining scouts and I really wanted to but back then uh, that any of the scout groups near me didn't accept girls so it was definitely a boy thing so the first thing I said when scouts got in touch uh, I said well you do allow girls now don't you and they were like oh no yeah we absolutely do and I was like okay well that's great because I want it to be open for everyone and I also made sure I asked that people from disadvantaged backgrounds who maybe couldn't afford it could also be scouts because to me that's very important that the skills that scouts will teach you are so useful not even to become an adventurer but they feed into every part of your life um, and enable you to make friends, to have resilience, to, to become a stronger personality and a stronger person. And so I, I didn't want that to be kind of stopped by you know, financial background or, or gender implications. Um, and then also my teammate, Dwayne Fields, is a scout ambassador. And we'd connected a couple of years before to start working on a project together called the We Too Foundation, which is using adventure to help underprivileged young people. And he was always raving about how 
it was his scout family and how wonderful it was. Um, and so, yeah, so I, as soon as they asked me and, I, and they answered the questions I want, I signed myself up. And since then, we, um, me and Dwayne did something over Christmas just gone uh, in 2019, which was walking the length of mainland Britain. Uh, we took 40 days and we walked from Dunnet Head, the true north, uh, to Lizard Point, the true south. Um, so 1,333 kilometres or 828 miles. We camped the whole way. The weather was pretty awful. Um, but along the way, we did have time to visit some scout groups as we were going. And the feedback that we got from people seeing people like myself and Dwayne doing something like this, and also to showing them that, look at this really epic expedition we're doing. And it's right here in Britain. So this is something you could potentially do, you know, when you have time, when you get a bit older. Um, it was just phenomenal. And so that's why being part of this Scout family is really great because you really feel like you're making a difference. And the people who are going through Scouts will then, you know, when they've, when they've become older themselves, they will make, go on to make a difference as well. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and definitely something I can connect with with the female role model bit. I remember when I first joined Scouts as a young person, I was like, well, this is odd because there's just me and one of the girls. That's it. And then, like, I didn't actually meet another girl Scout for like ages yeah <laughs> anomaly so having like i do think for younger like generation seeing these girls like doing this stuff it's amazing to go like yeah you can do anything so uh, yeah definitely appreciate exactly that. and and there were still some scout groups that we visited where there weren't many girls it was definitely still more boys than girls in them so i think it's really important to keep sending out this message and like like things like your podcast that are saying hey you're a scout and some people may even be surprised to see women on it because they might not necessarily no, because there still is that kind of view from how it used to be that it was very much for boys because of the way it started. But so it's great. Anything we can do to make more people get involved is wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, I think it's one of those things that actually, especially like when you're saying with disadvantaged backgrounds, that's something that's really key as well. That like anyone can do this stuff. Whether you're a or not, you know, the whole world is there. Grab it. So, exactly. And because I think when, particularly when you're from a, sort of underprivileged or disadvantaged background, a lot of the people who are around you, your immediate sort of network that you're talking to, sort of all have that thing of keep your head down, this is not something you can do, this is not something people like us do. And it's very difficult to break away from that. Um, and again, that's reinforced by the people we see in the media who, again, seem to be that certain type. Um, so I think, yeah, anything, anything we can do to just show people that, you, not only can you do it, but also, it's really good fun as well, which is which is wonderful. And it's a great way to make friends and meet like-minded people. So yeah, it's it's yeah a great thing. So um, you touched a little bit about the uh, We Too Foundation that you've uh, set up. Yeah. Um, what were you uh, raising the funds for? So the 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 kickstart event was this Seabirds to South, this walk across Britain. So doing that, we raised about eight thousand um, pounds just through crowdfunding um, as we were going. We were pretty miserable most of the time <laughs> because of the weather. I don't know if anyone remembers because we've been having a heat wave right now. But uh, back sort of second half of November, most of December was awful. Uh, we got so soaked through. We were always having to stop somewhere and try and dry stuff out, um, and so it was. It was really difficult, but people love that. They seem to love when we were, when they'd see us looking miserable and completely wet through. Um, so that was how we kick started off the, the first time. And then we're still fundraising now. So unfortunately, we were going to start 2020 by doing a different UK-based adventure every month together to kind of raise awareness for the We Too Foundation and get people involved. And then, of course, COVID happened. <laughs> 
and uh, all these plans kind of have been put on hold. But we're the the first um, the first thing we're fundraising for is to take a group of underprivileged young people, and which will include two scouts. Um, to Antarctica by expedition ship and that is not until the end of 2021 so the good news is we still have plenty of time to do the fundraising to make that happen and actually during lockdown we've still been working really hard with contacts and had a few people offer to uh, maybe pay for one person's place or offer grants so we um, yeah we're we're kind of cracking on away behind the scenes even though we're both hugely frustrated we can't be out having proper adventures but um, you know let's hope it 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 clears and we we can get back to some kind of normality <laughs> the good thing is you know in antarctica you'll be safe from uh, from covid there in theory uh <laughs> yeah i mean it's the one continent that doesn't have it as yet so um so yeah it would uh, yeah i mean god I, I part of me is i i wish i was there right now and then i wouldn't have to sort of deal with any of it but all i can say is i suppose the lockdown is really good training for the days when you're stuck on a ship at sea uh, because there will be an element of that you know because definitely in Antarctica you are completely at the mercy of the weather um, and that affects where you can get on and off the ship um, and what you can do there so yeah I, I can't rule out the, the training kind of bonus it is but yeah I would much rather be going out and doing proper uh, wild camping expeditions. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, um, like during this time, because we're recording during uh, sort of, well, mid, well, beginning of May, actually. I keep thinking. Yeah, 1st of May. <laughs> it is the 1st of May. <laughs> so what are you doing at the moment to sort of keep yourself entertained? As someone very outdoorsy, I suppose it's quite difficult to not be outdoorsy. It, it's very, very difficult. I have to confess, I find it very, very hard. Um, and, and obviously, as well as a travel writer, all the trips I had lined up have been cancelled because we're not allowed to travel anywhere. Um, so what I've been taking to do is obviously I'm really taking advantage of the one exercise a day that you can go out and do. Um, so it's, it's encouraging me to find more local walks. And I thought I knew them all, but it's, it's meaning I'm finding more or finding longer ones. Um, and I've got really into, I, I do photography anyway as part of my job as a travel writer, but I've, I've bought myself a macro lens, which is to do things very close up and smaller things. So I've been trying to focus on the little things. Um, I've been trying to photograph the flowers, my insects. Uh, I've also been using my telephoto to try and photograph the birds and trying to actually learn. Like I already knew some and I'd already done some foraging and this sort of thing, but I've tried to identify more wildflowers. I've tried to identify birds from their song, which is really a challenge, but it's something we can do. Um, and so I think the advantage of this is we've never been slowed down to this point and sort of confined to a finite area before like this. So in a funny way, it's making us have to appreciate those little things. And it's funny, I'll, I'll, I've been going out still for, you know, a night walk maybe, or as it's going dark or something, so I can still sort of sharpen navigation skills. Um, I can still feel like it's a little bit adventurous, but yeah, on the whole, it's all about trying to discover new things close to you and really appreciate any little thing that happens. So, you know, seeing your first kind of peacock butterfly and managing to get a lovely picture of that is like so rewarding as it would be to maybe climb to the top of the mountain and sleep on the top so yeah <laughs> I think that's really good advice actually because like, sometimes we don't actually enjoy the fact that we've got some time to just take it slow like, yeah. I didn't even realize where I live there's a park around the back of like the flat I live in and I was like oh, 
there's this big green space and oh there's another bit and this is quite nice so, yeah, and, and, and discovering the footpaths, and, and that's been another thing, you know, really getting, getting a map of your local area and suddenly thinking, oh, well, I could link that up with that, which is almost a bit like expedition planning in, in a macro level. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think there's, there's lots you can do, but it just takes a bit of imagination and kind of a, a mindset shift of, okay, this is what we've got, you know, what can we do with it? And, uh, and thankfully, I, I like the challenge of that, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's it, it is difficult times I think for all of us right now. Definitely. <laughs> um, and as well as having like the the travel writing and the extreme sleeping, you also have your own podcast as well, which I honestly don't know how you fit all these things into your day. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. Kind of, I was reading your website and getting exhausted reading it, being like, how how do you find the hours? <laughs> I often ask myself the same question. I think a lot of my. Um, my editors and people I work for are loving the fact I'm locked down in one place because it means all the deadlines I've been missing, I've had to slowly start catching up on <laughs> and getting the work done. Um, and the podcast, I mean, I love it. So I, I, I've been doing lots for Radio 4 anyway for the last few years anyway. Um, but I feel that when sometimes I'm off on my travels and my adventures, I meet some really incredible people that there's just, you know, other than maybe a one sentence quote or mentioning who they are and what they've done in a piece, they don't really get that sort of airtime, if you like. And so it sort of came from that, that I wanted to kind of show people a sort of more behind the scenes look at when I'm traveling in these places and actually get people to hear the voices of some of the people I'm meeting and hear them in their own words rather than just in a finite uh, number of words in an article. Um, so within the podcast, which is the Wonder Woman podcast, um, it's all about you know, my type of travel, this kind of other side of travel, but it's very much, you know, I'm just the conduit to get you to experience it. It's, it's not about me. It's about the people that I'm meeting and the stories that are being told there. Um, and, and then also on there, I always make sure as well as doing, you know, I do like a travel hack and a bit of gear each episode, um, that sort of thing in a top 10. Um, but also I, every issue, every episode, sorry, I do a, um, a Wonder Woman of the Month, which is a female figure from history who, if she was a man and had done what she'd done, we'd probably all have been taught about in school and we'd all know her name, but purely because she was a woman, she's kind of been lost to the history book. So it's kind of my space each month to shout about and teach people about one of these incredible women through history um, to again, help that thing with the role models to help people go, Oh my goodness. I didn't realize there was someone back in, you know, cause I'm not like the first, like there have been people wild camping and doing adventurous things who are women like for hundreds of years, but they just haven't, made the history books or they haven't been taught in the schools so it's just a way of kind of giving them the acknowledgement to thank them for something they did which really has set the scene for us now in this generation that that's amazing and some of the stories like are just incredible that you do share and i love the fact that you're sort of going do you know what i'm not the first other people yeah. so let's shout about them <laughs> yeah it's always great <laughs> <laughs> So Phoebe, when uh, all of this is over, we might be able to travel a little bit more. What's yes. the first thing in your list to be like, I need to go to this place? <laughs> uh, do you know what? I want to go back up to Scotland again. I've been missing the big mountains uh, in this lockdown. I, I live down south because I live close to Heathrow Airport because of my job as a travel writer. Um, so, you know, it's lovely down here, but they don't have the hills or the mountains. That, you know, I, I grew up in North Wales, so I grew up near Snowdonia National Park. So for me, I wanna get back into the mountains and just take my tent. It sounds funny to go out of sort of 
self-isolation to go and like, the first thing I want to do is go and isolate myself in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I just want to do it and feel that freedom again of just being able to kind of walk out and just go and do my own thing. Um, and then other than that, you know, some of the trips I was going to do, they, they always have like a conservation type of slant with them. Um, so I really want to go and see spirit bears in British Columbia, which are these um, blonde uh, grizzly bears who have got a recessive gene that's made them this, this wonderful kind of blonde color, sort of a, a ghost-like uh, bear in the woods. Um, I was supposed to have gone up to go swimming with narwhal up in the Arctic, so that's still on the list. Um, and then, of course, much less glamorous than that, but no, no less important is um, me and Dwayne have got some adventures that we had planned uh, that we would have been spreading out over the twelve months. So, um, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll see which one of those we can kick off and what the weather's doing when lockdown actually ends. <laughs> yeah, let's hope it's uh, still nice, or at least nice enough to be able to go and have adventures without uh, some of the. I remember seeing the soggy pictures of you guys being like, "Is there a scout?" where we can dry some tents <laughs> be drier than that <laughs> let's hope so but to be fair I think we're both so bored um that whenever we send messages to each other it's like do you know, I don't care if it's raining we've got to go and do this when it's all over <laughs> so I think no matter what you know just that freedom to get out there will be brilliant brilliant um so Phoebe as I explained before and um, we have a feature on the podcast called um be prepared Yes. So um, Charlotte and Jamie from Paw Print Badges asked the question, what sort of like a, I suppose, like a non-tangible skill that you might have got from some of your adventures? Oh, I think, I guess probably I'd say something that I've been saying this, this podcast episode was this notice the little things, this, this skill to actually get tuned into a place so much um, that you you take time to notice the little things um, and that can help you understand a bit more about the ecosystem that you're in and the importance of of all these little things that we kind of we're always in a rush or we're looking at our phones um, but now of course we're not do we everyone's looking at their phones a lot more but when you're out you're so pleased to be out of the house on your daily exercise that you don't want to just have your head in the phone you actually want to take in uh what's around you um and I think that was one of the things that started happening when I started exploring somewhere close to home the UK uh you know 12 years ago and now definitely it's really fine-tuned that to make me notice you know the the sounds of the bird song it's funny that this has happened in spring when of course suddenly that's at its peak and yeah. you could do so many and just stand there and start to count the birds that are there and start to think wow this is way more diverse in my you know you know 10 minutes walk from my house this is much more diverse than I thought it was um or stand at the water's edge and, and look in and actually see some of the fish there and 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 just yeah the the skill to slow down know that it's okay to slow down and and to notice the little things and appreciate the little things yeah that's that's definitely a great skill and one that you don't really think about as much actually taking that no no I don't think there's a scout badge for noticing the little things but maybe we should petition them yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll uh, suggest it to Paw Print. Be like, guys, uh, have you thought of adding this one to her? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's it's such a it's a wonderful skill, and and I think if anything good has come out of lockdown, it might be that that's what people have started to do almost by default. Yeah. So Phoebe, what is your question for our next guest? Um, I suppose with my extreme sleeper hat on, it would have to be, where's the weirdest place you've ever spent the night? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that, that is a good one. So I think there are lots of people who have got some odd places uh, that they've definitely probably camped out or uh, been to. So, uh, yeah. Exactly. And I look forward to hearing what they say. I hope you get someone who's got a good story. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to make sure it's someone like, right, someone with a good sleeping story. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Well, well, Phoebe, thank you so much for joining me and speaking to me. It's been absolutely lovely. And, uh, it's lovely yeah. too. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's been a, a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, um, so Phoebe, if um, people want to find out a bit more about you, uh, where are the best places to look? Um, so if you go to my website, as you said before, there's a lot of reading to do. It might be exhausting, but we've all got time now. Um, so my website is phoebe-smith.com. Um, if you want to find out a bit more about what myself and Dwayne are doing with the We Too Foundation, um, you can go to teamwe2.com. Um, and then of course if you want to listen to the Wonder Woman podcast you know wherever you're listening to this podcast I'm sure it's available there so type it in find me and uh, and have a listen it's probably the uh, the closest we can all get to traveling right now without actually living home <laughs> Phoebe thank you again so much and for everything you're doing as a scout ambassador and just in general with your travel writing um, and everything you do I can't wait to see what uh, comes out next <laughs> neither can i let's, uh, let's wait lockdown to finish and then i'm sure there's going to be some crazy ideas so yeah watch his face <laughs> see what i mean just a great chat honestly phoebe is just so inspiring and lovely and the podcast and uh, blog that she does uh, just sharing some of her adventures the writing the books I mean it's amazing and just how passionate she is about giving those that may not immediately think this is for me that advantage and that ability to go and actually experience the great outdoors um and actually hearing how phoebe's been dealing with sort of that adventurous side wanting to go out and explore all these places but not being able to because we're in lockdown so um yeah kind of honing on her other talents and all the other things that she's doing to explore and find the adventures uh closer to home so i hope you enjoyed that chat um last quick message from me um so i didn't know the podcast was eligible for this but it turns out it is the british podcast awards are currently open for the listeners choice award uh, the link is in the bio as are lots of different ways to get in touch with uh, phoebe smith and follow her so um yeah if you could click on the link search for wait you're a scout put in your email address and then click confirm on the email you get that will give this podcast a vote in the listeners choice awards it would be amazing to have your vote and just see how many people actually vote because that must be incredible and your support means the world uh it would be incredible to win if we don't that's fine not a problem but it would just mean the world to get your vote so please 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 do vote uh you can check all social medias for information on how to do that and again click on the link search wait you're a scout and then make sure you click confirm on that email otherwise your vote doesn't count uh that's it from me this week um hope you enjoyed the episode and keep an eye out on social media because i've got some very exciting announcements and new things coming up thanks guys as always for listening and don't forget to vote thanks for listening to wait you're a scout with anna skipworth follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at wait you're a scout and don't forget to rate review and subscribe